Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey guys, uh, we are going to go ahead and re-record last Wednesday's session in our Bible study, our breakout group. It was so, there was just so much technical difficulties. It was hard to even follow, hard for me to follow, and I taught it. So I thought I would go back and uh, re-record that session and put it out there. It won't be live, obviously, um, but it'll be available. So if you're interested, you can go ahead and follow it and, and track on through chapters 1, 2, and last week was chapter 3. So with that, let's jump into this tonight and see what we can do. So we've been looking at and working through Galatians 3, uh, the gospel in Galatians. So specifically, we're looking at the gospel as we work our way through that. So just a couple of things to, to follow up with and, and carry on from previous weeks. First one would be this. We talked about the gospel. What is the gospel? And we kind of laid out a definition in previous weeks. I want to add to a, a little bit tonight as we move into this chapter three. So the definition we had been using was this. It's the good news that there is now a way for me to be prepared to meet God and step into a relationship with him so that when I step into eternity, uh, I step into eternal life rather than eternal death. And and that's a, a little bit involved, but that's what we've been going with. That's the good news that I can have a relationship with God. We're going to add to that today as we step into or jump into chapter three. So additionally, God has now made a way for me to spiritually mature in this life. So it's not just about the next life. He's also made a way for me to spiritually mature in this life and walk close to him now uh, before I step into eternity. So that would be the definition, the expanded definition of gospel tonight. As I've mentioned the past few weeks, some of what we're going to say may just be a little bit different than, than I, I don't know, what maybe you've traditionally uh, been taught, although I hope not. I really do, because uh, I don't think it's that far from um, what most people within evangelical churches teach. But if it is, or if there's something you're just like, Pastor Barry, you're you're missing something here, stay with me to, for the entire series, because it, you, you've got to take Galatians as a whole to really appreciate Paul's uh, understanding of salvation, sanctification, uh, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, and, and then also just walking in holiness and how that all interacts. So I want to encourage you to stay with us through the entire series. Uh, the first two weeks, we really focused on this. We are saved by grace. Uh, we talked about it as we are saved by grace and not grace and. And so many times we want to add and to our salvation or to what somebody else has to go through to be saved. And it's never about saved by grace and. It's not saved by grace and do this and do that and then you'll be saved. It's just simply we're saved by grace. Not something we can earn ever. Uh, something that God gives us grace uh, is is what that is defined as. So we looked at a few key verses, and let me just hit those real quickly before we jump into this new material. He said in, in chapter 1, verse 6, he said, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Paul was amazed that they had so quickly walked away from the gospel of grace, and he really challenged them that they needed to get back to his gospel, Jesus' gospel, the gospel of grace. Uh, and then in verse 16, he says this, We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, no one will be justified. Um, and, and let me reread that. We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, comma, that's what I missed, no one will be justified by works of the law. Uh, so I, I pulled a little bit too much out of there, but I think you can follow what I'm trying to say tonight. Uh, so it's not works of the law. It's not our own efforts. It's always grace, not grace and. 
tonight as we get into Galatians 3, uh, verses 1 through, C, 3, 1 through 6, Paul takes on a little bit of a different um, direction with this, where the first two chapters were all about how am I born again, or how am I reborn, or how am I spiritually born, and it's grace. Um, tonight, he takes on the, the, the question of where do I go from there? Once I'm reborn, spiritually born, once I'm born again, as we, we like to say, uh, how am I then perfected, or how then do I mature, or how then do I grow? All of those things come into it, because here's the reality. You can't stay a newborn forever. We, we just can't. We've got to grow. It's not healthy. It's not right. It's just a little bit weird and twisted uh, to be somebody that's 30 years old and still in diapers, right? It just doesn't work. So that's where Paul goes as he jumps into chapter 3. And let me just pull out this key verse. Um, we're going to look at more of this here in just a moment, but a key verse in this chapter is verse 3, where he asked the Galatians and asked us a question, are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Now, a couple of things we got to look at tonight is what does Paul mean by perfected? So, um, uh, perfected, we, the, the best way to understand that, there's another big word that we don't really use often, but I'm going to throw it out there and give you a little explanation of it. It's called sanctification. Are you perfected or sanctified? Um, to be sanctified is to be a person that lives like Jesus, is to be a person that lives a life that is holy. It's to be a person that lives a life that is moving towards perfection or perfection. Um, so, so to be perfected is to be sanctified or be able to live a life that is holy. Another way to look at it would be it's to be a person that lives um, maturely as, as a grown-up, to, to live in a sense that you're mature and you practice those fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, which we'll get to here in a, a, another week or so. So he talks about, he says what, he talks about perfection, to be perfected, having begun by the Spirit, are you now trying to be perfected by the flesh? And that leads us into the second question, and that is what does Paul mean by flesh? So anytime we get into Scripture, flesh can mean one of two things. The first one, uh, which often is what Paul means, would be kind of our sin nature, that desire within us to always do um, what is evil, what is wrong, what makes us feel good in the moment, and often is contrary to God and his word and his righteousness. The second meaning of flesh, however, would be to mean something like, um, uh, it, it means to try to do things within my own physical ability, my own mental power. And I think in this context, um, Paul is really using that second reference. He's not talking about the sinful desire as much as are you now trying to be perfected by your own efforts, your own energies, your own willpower, your own mind, uh, as opposed to the spirit. So here's, here's kind of where we come out with this. This is the takeaway that Paul gives us. We cannot make ourselves perfect. And, and and so th I hope, if nothing else out of this night, you get this. You will never be able to, by by virtue of your will um, or, or your self-discipline, to make yourself sanctified or perfect or mature. We can't sanctify ourselves or cause ourselves to mature through our own efforts to give to live up to the law. And when we think law, the law means a lot of things, but part of that is the Ten Commandments. And maybe that's the context or the reference that makes the most sense to us. So think Ten Commandments. We will never be able to live up to the Ten Commandments. Um, we'll just go with that as a piece of the law by the efforts of our own will, our own mind, our own control, our own self-discipline. It is only through God, the Holy Spirit, working in us that these things can ever take place. So, so that's the takeaway. That's the most important thing tonight. If you've struggled or do struggle with 
you know, I've tried this Christian life and I've just not done very well at it and I really don't think I can do it, so I'm going to quit. I, I want you to get this tonight. You'll never do it by yourself on your own. And, and God understands that. So let's go a little bit further and a little bit deeper into this. He, he comes up with some arguments, Paul does. Several arguments to support his idea that you can't do it on your own. You've got to have the help of, the, of God, the Holy Spirit, working in you. And the first one is this. He asked the Galatians a question. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? In other words, when you received the Holy Spirit, when you became saved, when the Holy Spirit came to live in you, and we could even go further with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you were filled, overflowing with the Holy Spirit, did it happen because you lived up to a certain lifestyle? Did it happen because you had a certain level of self-discipline? Or did it simply happen because you heard the Word and the Spirit of God worked in you and you had faith that what you were hearing made sense? So that would be kind of his first argument, his first question. Um, and then he goes on with a second argument. Second question, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? In other words, how does he work the miracles among you? Is it because all of a sudden you're keeping the law? You're, you're obeying all the Ten Commandments in perfection, if we want to use that, that connection for us today. Or, or is it simply that you heard and you believed? And Paul, in both of these instances, his implication is it's because you heard and you believed. Not because, not because you were living a perfect life. And I think there's something there for those of us that, that are seeking after or desire the baptism, what we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or that deeper walk, that, that place where not only does the Holy Spirit come and live in us, but we begin to walk in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we as Christians feel like um, God will give me that experience, that baptism, if I can just get some things handled and out of my life, if I can just live more perfectly and more righteously, more like God wants me to live, if I can just quit this sin or quit that sin. And I think what we can pull out of this is that it's not about living a life of perfection. It's about believing that God wants you to have that gift and then asking him for it and, and, and waiting in faith for him to give you that gift. And here's the key. Here's what happens. Here's what's really important is it's not that you get you make yourself perfect to receive the gift. It's that you receive the gift by faith. And when you receive the gift by faith, even more so, the Spirit of God can now work inside of you and help you to mature, to move towards perfection, to move towards sanctification. And Paul goes on with this idea, and he says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. In other words, does God work miracles among you by your own efforts, works of the flesh, works of the law, or is it through faith, like he did with Abraham? And what Paul is doing there is he's taking an idea that many in the the, the church uh, that had this strong Jew, Jew, Jewish um, influence, this uh, Judea, just this this um, this sense of we've got to live up to the law that was being pushed. Uh, by a group in 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 the Galatian church, um, he's pushing back against the idea that they had that that Abraham was this man of perfection. Abraham, even though he lived before the law, Abraham was a guy that lived uh, because he he was so 
perfect in God's eyes. He lived up to all the constraints and requirements of the law. And Paul is turning that on its head. He's challenging that. He says, listen, Abraham wasn't perfect. Go back and read scripture. Go back and read Genesis. Go back and read the story of Abraham. And you're going to see he had issues. He was a liar. He had just numerous things that went on in his life um, that he was not a man of perfection. It wasn't his perfection that, that caused him to be found righteous before God. It was his faith, his belief in God, his belief in the promise of God. And, and we'll look a little further at that. And that's what he's telling us. It's never going to be our attempts to be perfect that makes us right before God. It's our, 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 our faith to believe in God. So let's just keep going here. Verse 7, he gives the answer to the questions that he asked. And he says, know then that it is those of faith, so faith, who are the sons of Abraham. It's those of faith who believe God's promises like Abraham believed God's promises that are, are the heirs of Abraham. So for those of you that feel like you just need more effort, try harder, um, and God will bless you more, that's not the case. It's not about trying harder. It's not about doing more in your own ability or having a stronger will. It's about stepping back and saying, God, I'm trusting you to work in my life. I trusted you to save me, and now I'm trusting you to grow me and mature me and sanctify me. I will never have the strength or the will to live up to God's standards of righteousness. If you can embrace that reality tonight, it will save you so much self-condemnation and so much struggle internally. You will never live up to God's standards of righteousness. What I can do, however, is believe the promises of God. And I've, I've mentioned promises several times. So let me um, just take a moment here and, and let's go back and, and look a little bit at what those promises are we're talking about believing. So here would be one of those promises. If I confess my sin, then God is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. That's a promise. And I believe that promise that, yes, I'm not going to live perfect. No, I'm going to have moments where I fall short, I fail, I sin. But I believe the promise of God. God has promised me that if I will confess my sin, then he will be faithful to forgive me of those sins. What are these promises? How about this? The promise that the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross was adequate to pay the price for my sin. It was all I needed. It was enough. Jesus paid the price. How about this promise? It is God working in me, and he is working in me. And if I allow him to, God the Holy Spirit will grow me, teach me, and change me over time. You see, it's we, we because we're heirs of, of Abraham, we've been made the promises of Abraham. Therefore, these promises, and we'll look a little deeper into those in a moment, these are promises that I believe, and this is how not only am I saved, born again, spiritual birth, but this is also how I mature, how I grow, how I move towards per perfection. So let me let me say this again to you. Uh, never say I've tried and I can't and therefore I quit. It just is. It's just not a good, um, a, a good truth, a good answer. Never say I've tried, I can't, I quit. The truth is, so so get this, okay? Please, the truth is you're right. You can't, not not in your own power. You can't, but God can. So please understand this, okay? This is this is all that Paul took us through. It's not that I, I've tried, I can't, I quit. It's that I've tried and obviously I can't, but God can. And God never quits, so I shouldn't quit. God never quits loving or working in those who continue to allow him to do so. Don't you allow, don't you quit on, on God, because God will never, absolutely never quit on you. And, and I hope tonight you, you, you can, you can see this and you can get this. Okay, let's keep going on through Galatians here. 
uh, Galatians 3, 7 uh, through 9. And I'm going to try something here. I'm going to try to jump over to the full screen and uh, see if we can make this work. This is what Galatians 3, 7 uh, through 9 says. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Okay, what I've been talking about. It is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, not by works, by faith, preached the gospel. So remember, this is the gospel in Galatians. So he would preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Do you, did you realize that? Did you know that? That the gospel was actually preached all the way back in Genesis, Genesis 12. He would preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So we see in Galatians 3, 7 through 9, uh, this isn't a new truth that Paul's sharing. This isn't a new truth that, that Paul's throwing out there and Paul's giving. Um, it, it, it's something that's been there from the beginning. And, and he pulls this, this reference to Genesis 12, 3. I will bless. This is what God promised. So we're still talking promises here. Okay, get this. This is what God promised to Abraham and the promise that we share. He said, I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And let's just focus in for a minute on this, all the families of the earth. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, and all the Jewish families of the earth, all the descendants of you, Abraham, will be blessed. He said, all the families of the earth, Jewish and Gentile, will be blessed. And, and, and that is where Paul hangs so much of what he believes. All people are blessed by these two realities. This is what he's laid out for us in Galatians 1, Galatians 2, and now Galatians 3. We are all Jewish and Gentile. We are all saved by grace, not grace and. And then second thing, the second reality is God will perfect us because we can no more perfect ourselves than we can save ourselves. So those are the blessings. Those are the promises of God that were offered to Abraham all the way back when he preached the gospel to Abraham in, in um, Genesis 12, 3. Those are the promises that now have carried on to you and me. So Galatians 3, 10 through 14, Paul continues his argument for salvation and perfection through faith in God's promises. Uh, one of the things Paul does here is he almost treats this as if it's a legal argument. He 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 lays down his his uh, belief, his contention, and then he comes back and offers proof. And sometimes he'll offer a proof, then make his contention, then offer another proof and in, in, in another argument. And so he's going to go ahead and move into his continued arguments here of, of salvation and perfection through faith in God's promises rather than our own efforts. So let's go ahead and, and keep working our way uh, through this. So verse 10, for all, this, this is his argument, his first argument for this, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be every one who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So, so as an argument, Paul then comes and says, Look, those of you that want to live by the law, um, by the Mosaic law, Ten Commandments being a part of that, but also circumcision being a part of that, uh, the dietary laws uh, and, 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 and restrictions being a part of that, uh, it, those of you that want to live by the law, you need to realize something that be, if you choose to live by the law, what you're choosing to do is live under a curse. For it's written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So what Paul is saying is, is that unless you're able to live by all the pieces of the law, then it's the same as not living by any of the pieces of the law. And if you're not going to live by all the pieces of the law, then you're, you're promised that you will have to, you will be living under a curse. And he pulls that from Deuteronomy 27, 26. And let's just look at this. 
Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them. Jesus also in Galatians, or not Jesus, but rather Paul later in Galatians, says this, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And I've jumped into the second argument that so argument there. So let me go back to this. Where I started to go with this was um, Paul later in Galatians will talk about this whole idea of if you're going to live under the law, you've got to keep all the law. And he put it in these terms. He said, a little leaven, he says it again in Galatians, he says it in Corinthians, a little leaven, leaven being a reference to sin, a little sin causes the whole loaf, the whole life, to be sinful. You you can't live a life that, ha if you're living by the law, you've got to live by all the law, and if you fall short in one area of the law, then it is as if you fall short in all the areas of the law. So therefore, since you're falling short of the law, you're cursed. You're, you're living under a curse is his argument. And his conclusion is then this. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. So he brings his first argument to a close that it can't be the law that justifies us because we all fall short, therefore we're under a curse. Then he goes on with the argument too, and he says this, Christ redeemed us from this curse, those of us that are living by faith. He redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. You see, this is the thing, Christ became a curse for us. He paid the price of the curse, so we don't have to live under the curse anymore. So where we end up with this in this second argument is this, our inability to live by the entirety of the law places us under a curse. Christ became a curse for us, cited from Deuteronomy 21-23. Christ became a curse for us so that we don't have to live under that curse because we no longer have to live under the law. We're saved by faith, by grace, um, and, and through faith in Jesus Christ, and we are made perfect by faith, uh, believing in the promises of God, that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that he's mentioned numerous times, will work in us and help us move towards perfection, which we cannot do in and of by ourselves, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit, it's the Spirit working in us, through faith. Paul goes on and says that through Jesus' efforts, to kind of sum this up, through Jesus' efforts, the blessing or the promise God made to Abraham in Genesis 12, 3, has now reached the Gentiles. It's reached you and it's reached me. We have now received the good news. We can be born into a relationship with God, and we can experience the working of God the Holy Spirit in us, allowing us to grow, mature, be sanctified, and be perfected. Now let's look at, um, let me just mention, there is a third argument, Galatians 3, 15 through 18, and we're not going to actually dig into that one tonight because we're going to start running up against time constraints. Um, but what I do want to do is look at next week, and that is this next week, which is actually tomorrow because we're running behind on this session uh, because of the technical issues last week. Tomorrow night, what we're going to look at is why the law. If this law doesn't work, if you can't live up to it and all it does is put you under a curse, then why in the world did God even bother to give us the law or give the Jewish people the law? Why was it even put out there if it was going to be such a an epic failure? Tomorrow, we're going to look at that. And there's some really good answers to that that Paul 
Paul delves into. And the second thing we're going to look at tomorrow uh, as we move into session four is the dangers of spiritual slavery. And, and we're going to go a couple different directions with that. And I really uh, want you to hear that because I find a lot of Christians falling um, falling prey to falling back into spiritual slavery. And I want to talk about that a little bit. If you're interested in going ahead and reading and catching up with us, you can look at Galatians 3, 19 through 29. That's where we'll start out tomorrow. Uh, spend a few minutes on that, and then we're going to move through and into Galatians 4 and uh, work through this whole thing of spiritual slavery a little bit. Hey, um, uh, hopefully this was a little smoother for you and a little easier to follow. Uh, I worked through it pretty fast tonight. Uh, but hopefully it will help you tomorrow as you uh, delve into the next session with us. Hey, I appreciate your listening. I hope a lot of you will come back and check this out. Uh, again, I apologize for the technical issues last week. That was uh, just horrible, a pain for all of us. And uh, hopefully we've got some of those worked out. We're going to try a couple of different ways tomorrow to solve those so we don't have the issues with lag time and the issues with dropping on and off and, and just all the stuff going on. So, hey, listen, have a good evening. God bless you. Appreciate you guys. Um, you are the best. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.